Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parsha Shoftim. According to the Chinuch, Parsha Shoftim contains 41 mitzvos, 14 positive, and 27 restrictions. Um, among the many mitzvos found in this week's Parsha is Losasur Minadavar. You're not to deviate from that which the Chachamim have told us to do. In other words, the seven mitzvos Rabbanon that we have, and we recite a bracha, Sivanu, and he commanded us, wait a minute, Hashem didn't command us to light Shabbos candles, it's from the rabbis, and Hashem didn't command us to read the Megillah, and to light near Hanukkah, and to recite Halil on Yom Tov, and to uh, have the concept of Eruv, so, what does it mean when we say that bracha? And the answer is, based on this week's parsha, Hashem commanded us to listen to the Chachamim, who in turn commanded us to wash the tilas yadayim and the seven mitzvos derabbanan. In addition, you have the laws of king. And just remember that every time we recite Pirkas HaMazon, tonight, please God, tomorrow, we have to bench. And Amalchus Beis David Meshichecha, the institution of kingship, which we don't yet have. This is something that the Torah says, Som Tosim Olecha, you are to have, and please God, we will once again. And the Rambam calls the Moshiach Melech HaMoshiach. You have at the end of the parasha the prohibition of Baltashchis, of not wasting, not cutting down a fruit-bearing tree, and not wasting um, those materials which man can get benefit thereof. I'd like to focus on the very beginning of the parsha, and really the mitzvah that the parsha begins with, shoftim v'shotrim, literally, judges and officers, you shall appoint so, Titen Lecha, to whom is this mitzvah addressed? And the answer is that the Vilna Gaon points out that where the Torah uses the word Lachem, such as when it comes to Sukkos, Ulkartem Lachem, pre-Eitz Hadar, everybody is to take the four species on Sukkos, there it says Lachem, and Lachem refers to Lachol Echod V'Echod. Each one individually is obligated to so do. As opposed to where the Torah uses the word Lacha, it refers to the singular body, which is the Sanhedrin, the representative body of Kla Yisrael. So Shovti Mishovti Ten Lacha is a mitzvah. Tziburi. It's a mitzvah which is directed towards the Jewish community, that the Jewish community is to appoint judges and officers. However, the Bali Musar and the Shalah, among others, interpret the verse not only to mean that the Sanhedrin and that there is an obligation throughout the generations of having judges 
and officers, but in addition, the Torah is speaking to each and every individual and saying to each and every individual, Shoftim v'shotrim, judges and officers, Titein l'cha, you, each and every one, should have a personal judgment over oneself, and as the Torah says, don't be prejudiced and don't be biased and don't accept a bribe, but rather you should do a proper judgment and you are to do shotrim, the implementation of that judgment. I'd like to just help everybody on the one hand to remind them how difficult this quote-unquote self-appraisal and judgment is because too often it's very, very difficult for a person once they get rooted in a certain way, be it in their actions, be it in their mindset, be it in their decision, you oftentimes have great difficulty causing them to change. And therefore, I hope that each and every one of us is going to listen. And today being Friday, you can take down some notes and you can just see where this is coming from. These three incidents in Tanakh. And if you have any questions, where they are, 201-906-3731. I'll be happy to share the sources with you again. The first incident I'd like to share with you is that of Yoshua bin Nun, who after he conquered the city of Yericho, the, we are taught in chapter 6 of the book of Yoshua, Pasuk 26, 626, what are we told? Vayashbah Yoshua Pa'esahi Lemor. Yoshua adjured, which means in simple English, imposed an oath upon the people of Israel at that time, saying, Arur Ha'ish, cursed is the man, Lifnei Hashem before God, Asheyokum, who will get up, arise, Uvana Esair Hazos, and build, rebuild this city, Yericho, that if the person should do it, what's going to be the punishment to him? Bifchoro Yiyas Deno, with his oldest child, he will lay his foundation, and Uvitsiiro Yatsiv Seho, and with his youngest, he will set up its gates. All right, what didn't you understand? Quite clear. God forbid someone who attempts to do this, what's going to happen? What's going to happen is that he's going to lose his children. Give out. So you would say, understandably, nobody would ever be so foolish or quote-unquote stupid to do this. However, what do we find? 
in the book of Malachim Aleph, the first book of Kings, chapter 16, Pasuk 20, Pasuk 34, 1634, ouch, in the days of Achav. Now, King Achav was one of the, forgive me, terrible kings of the Jewish people that he and his wife, Izevel, had proliferated Avodazora idolatry in the land. And during that time, with much rebellion against Hashem, we're told in 1634, first book of Kings, Biyamav, in the days of this king, Achav, Chiel Beis Ha'elil. The name of the man was Chiel, who come from Beis El. What did he do? Bana Es Yericho. He build the city of Jericho. Ouch. Ba'aviram b'choro yistah. When he laid the foundation, his oldest son, Aviram, died. Uvis guv se'iro hitziv And with his youngest son, Suguv, he installed the doors as Kidvar Hashem Ashadibir Biyad Yoshua bin Nun like the word of Hashem that he had spoken through Yoshua. Now how could this be possible? And the answer is sad to say once a person is so convinced in their way even should they say, oh, come on, coincidence, etc., just so happens. Yeah, now our rabbis tell us that we all remember further in chapter 18 in the first book of Kings how Eliyahu Navi challenged the false prophets to the duel and see he built two altars, which one could bring the fire down from heaven, and whoever could bring down the fire, they are the true prophets. So, what did the false prophets do? They had somebody go under their Mizbeach, that at the time when the false prophets would call out to the Baal, saying, help us Baal, this person would mechanically set a fire, and it would look as if it came down from the heaven. Who was that person that was to light the, quote, firecracker underneath the um, altar of the false prophets? None other than this Chiel. And we're told by the Medrash, Yalkut Shimoni, on that chapter 18 in the first book of Kings, that God brought a poisonous snake which bit him under the altar and he didn't have a chance to light the fire. But what do we see? That once a person is committed to this horrific ideology, he couldn't pull himself out. And secondly, in the days of Yirmiyahu, there was a false prophet 
named Hananya ben Azor. And in chapter 28 of the book of Yirmiyahu, verse 17, Yirmiyahu said, Look here, Hananya, you will die because of the false prophecy, false hope that you've given the people. I'm telling the people to repent. You're telling the people they're doing okay. And you will see that you will die this year. What happened, my friends? Erev Rosh Hashanah. The man is on his deathbed. And what does he say to his children? Instead of saying to his children, Oi, I was wrong. And let me at least die with tshuva on his lips. He said, Shh, don't tell anybody that I am very sick today. Erev Rosh Hashanah. And if I die today, don't bury me today. Bury me only after Rosh Hashanah so that I will go to my death showing that Yirmiyahu was wrong. Amazing how stubborn some people can be. And even when they see it literally in front of their eyes, they're not yet ready to do tshuva. And the third example comes from... Yeravim ben Nevat, who were told in chapter 13, verse 6 of Malachim Aleph as well, that the Navi comes to him and the Navi says, Yeravim, just as you are about to offer incense on the Mizbeach, you should know that all of the false prophets are going to be slaughtered on the Mizbeach. And the proof is that this Mizbeach that you are standing by is going to literally be torn asunder. The ash is going to fall to the ground. And listen carefully. At that point there, come on, Yeravim ben Nevat lifts up his hand and he points to the prophet and he's saying to the prophet seize him his hand unfortunately becomes paralyzed okay and what happens next is Yeravam says to the prophet please pray on my behalf and what are we told we're told in 13.6 in Malachim, Fatehi Kevari Shona. The literal translation is his hand was restored because the Navi prayed for him. But the rabbis tell us in the Medrash Tanchuma, in Pashas Kisisa, Fatehi Kevari Shona, that he went back to his former ways of idolatry. My friends, Tshuva is not easy. We get too bakfemt. We get too comfortable. We believe ourselves in all the deception that we could have told ourselves. Therefore, the month of Elul speaks to each and every one of us individually and says, Look here, Shoftim, this is the month in the privacy of your hearts, in the privacy of your minds. Make a cheshbon. Do this true judgment. And then once you realize that there are things to be corrected, shoftim trim, 
be the one to make sure that it's implemented. And there's still time, three weeks before Rosh Hashanah, I pray that each and every one of us will listen to not only the Torah reading and understand the first verse as a communal mitzvah, but rather, like the Shaloh HaKadosh says, Shoftim b'shoftim titen l'cha, each and every one of us should take this lesson to heart personally. Shabbat Shalom to all.